uh, just kind of bringing it forward again, uh, Paul was a man who had persecuted Christians for a long, long time. He was a rough guy. He was there holding coats when Stephen, one of the first Christians, was stoned to death. And when Paul was going to the road to Damascus, he was really knocked over the head by Jesus. And he fell to the ground and saw a blind light and heard Jesus speak to him. And in that moment, he knew that Jesus Christ was Lord. He was brought into the homes of the disciples who were very fearful of what he might do to them. But over time, Paul became one of the biggest advocates and one of the biggest proponents of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ the world had ever seen. Really, I mean... There are not many people. You think of Billy Graham. You know, you think, Paul, this, this was a prolific and amazing man. And the scripture today is, is one that where Paul is writing to the Romans, like the people of the city of Rome and the empire of Rome. And in that city, there are people who are becoming Christians. And a shift has happened where at first, it was a lot of Jewish people who were becoming believers in Jesus Christ. But as the word got out, the gospel began to move out. More and more people who weren't Jewish, which they called Gentiles, were coming into the faith. And a shift happened when that occurred. And there were fewer Jewish people becoming believers and more Gentiles becoming believers. And it was, I think, a natural thing because there's more Gentiles in the world than there were Jewish people. But a question began to arise. Why are there still Jewish people that aren't believing? And so Paul had to respond to, to people and say, how do we, as now becoming a largely Gentile movement, continue to believe that salvation is for all? And so that's where the word comes from today, the context. So as we hear the word today, know that Paul's responding to a very specific community that's asking a very specific question. Is salvation for the Jewish people? Is salvation for the Gentiles? Is salvation for the Chinese? Is salvation for just North Americans or just the Europeans or just the Latin Americans? And Paul answers that in the scriptures today. So now let us go together. Let us read Romans 10, 5 through 15 and hear the word of God for us today. So hear now the word of God. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law. That the person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you on your lips and in your heart. I'm going to repeat that. The word is near you on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Wow. For one believes with the heart and so is justified. And one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in the one whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? 
And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, I pray that you would speak through me, but if not, that you would speak in spite of me. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We already have the context. There are some folks that weren't believing. There are some people that were out there. There are Jews. And then there were people who were Jewish Christians. And then you had Gentiles. And then you had Gentile Christians. And the Christians were just wondering, how come, if it started from the Jewish faith, how come people aren't coming to know Jesus Christ? And if you read the chapters 9, 10, and 11, you'll see that Paul believed that in time, everybody, all the Jewish people, would come back into the fold. It's a very interesting thought. Do you believe that everyone can be saved? There are some folks that believe that only some people have the opportunity to be saved. And that kind of makes me feel a little strange. Because when I look at the cross and I see what Jesus did when he poured out his blood, I don't see something limited there. I don't see, something, I don't see a passion that has a limited scope. I don't see sins that are only given for some people. Maybe some people would respond differently than others. But what happened on the cross was for all people, all times, all nations, all races, all backgrounds, all cultures, all everything. That anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anybody. And some people would say, but not me, surely. <laughs> I've done so many bad things in my life. There's no way that God could possibly save me. Or I've been this way my whole life. Someone who comes from a different faith and maybe has grown up in India and comes from a Hindu background, surely Jesus isn't for me because I come from a different background. And I've heard people say that I come from a certain country. So I have to be this way. So in Poland, everyone's a certain way. Catholic. In, in Pakistan, everyone's Islamic. What Paul is saying here, and he's talking to the Jewish-Gentile divide, he's saying that Everyone can be saved. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. God's salvation on the cross is open to all. I think that's an important word, but then Paul takes it even further and he says, but the question you ask exposes another problem. Why aren't they being saved? And so he says something I think is very interesting. How are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? So he's saying that because of this all-sufficient salvation that happened on the cross, that we now have an opportunity to proclaim it. And perhaps the problem with people not being saved is that we have stopped telling people that Jesus is amazing, that Jesus' love is all-encompassing, that it covers your whole life, that it brings new life, that it gives Grace, not just for yourself, but your whole family and everybody around you. That you can be more loving that God loves you in an everlasting way. It is so powerful that it can redeem anybody. 
I don't know if any of you all have heard of a guy named Awful Gardner. Awful Gardner. He was a, they call him a pugilist. That's an old word for boxer. I know last night a lot of people were watching a boxing match. Uh, I, I didn't. <laughs> but I, I looked up on Flipboard who won, if you want to get into that. But Awful Gardner was a, a mean man. He was a tall, burly, kind of gruff guy. Uh, he got in league with some people who were basically in the mafia, but were also politicians. And he was associated with all these people who were doing all these horrible things. You know, back, you've seen movies where people go into stores and rough people up to get money out of them. This was the kind of guy that associated with those kind of people. Awful Gardner. That was his nickname. He went around boxing, street fighting, and he actually killed a man while he was fighting him. And he had to flee from Newark, New Jersey to go up to New York City because the police were after him. And things, I guess in the 1800s, things could blow over after a while and he began to do the circuit again and he boxed. This is a story I want to share with you. Awful Gardner, one of the most notoriously bad characters that ever lived in New York. His name was Orville. He was the trainer of prize fighters and companion to all sorts of hard characters. His reputation was so thoroughly bad that he was called awful. But he had a little boy whom he dearly loved, and this boy passed away. A short time after the death, he was standing at a bar in a New York saloon surrounded by a number of his companions. The night was hot, and he stepped outside the saloon to get some little fresh air. And as he stood out there and looked up, between the buildings of the sky, a bright star was shining on him. He said to himself, I wonder where my little boy is tonight. Then he thought, his thoughts came back as quick as a flash. Wherever he is, you will never see him again unless you change your life. Touched by the Spirit of God, he hurried from the saloon to the room where he knew his godly mother was. He went right to his mom. How, how, you know, that's, that's what guys do when they're troubled, right? He went in and asked his mother to pray for him, and she prayed for him, and she led him to Jesus Christ. He went home to where he kept a jug of whiskey. He did not dare to keep it, and he did not know what to do with it. Finally, he took it down to the river, got in a boat, and rowed over to an island, and he set the liquor on a rock and knelt down, and as afterwards he said, he fought that jug of whiskey for a long time. I imagine just staring at that jug. How do I not do this right now? <laughs> and God gave him perfect deliverance. What would he do with the jug? jug? He didn't dare break it. He didn't want the fumes to set him wild. <laughs> he didn't dare leave it, let someone else get it. So finally he dug a hole in the ground, and with his heel he buried it. He left the island a free man and became a mighty preacher of the gospel after that moment. And it was through listening to him preach that a man, a convict turned preacher later, and Jerry McCauley was set to thinking. And the thinking led to that man's conversion, too. That man founded the McCauley Water Street Mission in New York City. Anyone, anyone can be saved. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. And for us who are in the family of God right now, we're asking, why isn't so-and-so saved yet? Why... Might there be a barrier there? And Paul gives us a simple answer. How will they know? Unless we proclaim it. I'd like to add, how will they know unless we show them that perfect love? 
Now the Lord is calling us to speak into the lives of everybody. And there's someone who you don't want to go to. I don't think anyone wanted to go to Awful Gardener <laughs> and speak a word. But God got him anyway. And then he became a man who went out and he preached. Put down alcohol forever. Because it was a problem for him. And his life was changed. Who's God calling you to proclaim the good news to? Let's pray. Lord, convict our hearts. Set us in motion and let us know that we are the messengers. That we can't wait for someone else to come along to do the work that you have already called us to do. We need to proclaim Jesus Christ to those in our midst. And we need to go out to the places that are alien to us. No matter how hard it is. No matter how weird it may be, and no matter how strange that situation may be, we need to step out in faith and accept the calling you have put on our lives. When we say you are our Lord, we accept the hard things as well as the blessings. Let's get out of our comfort zones. Let us proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen.